Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections Week 4, kicking it off. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic. We're presented by John Boy Media. Justin, we got two young players, Andrew Thomas and O'Shane Zimenez. Justin, Andrew Thomas, my guy, the guy I was banging on the drum for, for hell, since last summer, basically. Um, Justin, Andrew Thomas, the fourth overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft, six foot five, two three hundred twenty pounds, out of Georgia, twenty one years old. We actually share the same birthday, which is pretty cool. I didn't learn that until today, January twenty second. Mm. He was born in ninety nine, so he was born um, seven years be- after I was. So he's twenty one. I'm twenty eight years old. Justin, there's a lot to talk about with this kid, but what do you got? Well, what I got. Bobby Skinner is first of all we're a week closer to football congratulations we're all getting there second of all this is going to be a much more exciting uh, week of PPPs because we're leading it off with pretty two good exciting players unlike Lorenzo Carter Kyler Fackrell um, Shane Lemieux not that exciting for 2020 Giants but Andrew Thomas while he was a sophomore so this is very early on in his career. Um, I don't know if this was sophomore after his sophomore season or before he was a starter, uh, before he played right tackle his first season at Georgia, but he was invited to represent the players while at Georgia at a ribbon-cutting ceremony late in the summer of 2018, just a sophomore at the time, stood shoulder-to-shoulder with, uh, with the president of the school, the director of athletics, and then head coach Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart actually gave a reflection after Thomas was drafted and said that that speech that Thomas gave, because I think they were opening up a new locker room or a new facility, and that speech that Thomas gave wasn't written down, wasn't memorized. It was straight from the heart. Um, And I'll be honest, Bobby, I would be much nervous speaking in front of the director of athletics and the school's president compared to my own football team. So uh, we already know that Thomas has a pretty good set of lungs on him when it comes to his singing voice, but also his leadership qualities kind of stood out in that regard too. So... Yeah, a, ta- a talented a talented kid. Like you said, he could sing, he could play instruments, and I guess he's a good speech doer too. So come on the show and uh give us a speech, baby. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk let's talk a little combine stuff since he is a rookie. Justin, it frustrated me that people said he had a bad combine. Very frustrating. Because you want to know what? Speed-wise, what is the most important thing for an offensive tackle? I'm so sick of people saying that the 40 is the most important. It is the 20-yard shuttle, Justin, because you are going 5 yards, 10 yards, 5 yards with using your agility, short burst movement. That is the most important thing for an offensive tackle. Second facet, fastest out of the offensive tackles, only to Ezra Cleveland. He ran a 4.66. Better than those four uh, other the four total offensive tackles that were the top of the class with uh, Becton, Wills, and Wirfs. The three W's. Actually, no, that's that's only two. What am I thinking? It's all right. B, B is close to a W. It's okay. <laughs> it's it's like the opposite. Uh, so the best in that arm length had the longest arms of the tackles at thirty six and one fifth inch. He had the longest arms of the tackles. Just in bench press, uh, Worse had twenty three. Thomas had twenty one. Beckton had twenty two. Wills didn't participate. Justin, his combine was fine and. Let's talk about his college, too. He was the best left tackle in college football. Just the best. Gave up one sack in 2019 to Marlon Davidson. 25 total pressures and three years as a starter. One year at right tackle his freshman year and then two years at left tackle. Guy dominated SEC competition. Pit him up against Kalevon Chasen. 
dominated him the entire game. Put him up against Josh Allen. Not a ton of reps against him one-on-one, but dominated him in those games. Put him up against Julian Acora. Dominated him in that game. He was the best, and he played pure left tackle uh, with a, a statue in the pocket of Jake Fromm. Uh, Justin, you and Paul Dettino love Jake Fromm, but nonetheless, you guys a statue in the pocket. Justin, Andrew Thomas, I was banging on the table. This guy is a top tackle prospect. He's a top tackle prospect. You are not settling for left tackle if you if you draft this guy. And it was exciting as 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 it could be when the Giants pulled the trigger and drafted him. It was very strange to see how the pre-draft process was working because during the season, this guy was the number one tackle prospect. And then suddenly when games weren't even being played, the evaluations were changing. You know, I, I think it's much easier to write headlines about Worf's speeds and Worf's uh, in the open field. And it's a lot easier to write headlines about Becton's speed for being such a huge guy um, rather than just, hey, Andrew Thomas is just a good tackle. <laughs> you know, maybe easier. And then people got att- attracted by those flashy things that those players did. And then Wills was just a good technician overall. But Bobby, we even talked about it with our uh, interview with Keenan, uh, Keenan Forney, who was Andrew Thomas's trainer this this past offseason, and he was a former all-decade offensive lineman for the Falcons, interviewed him a couple weeks ago, and we just talked about Andrew Thomas just does his job. You know, there's not something that's going to be flashy that Thomas is going to bring or that you're, oh, that's going to it's going to stick out to you. There's not really a lot of flashy things that offensive linemen can do in general. But Andrew Thomas say, just like, does... What you guys, what this guy doing, backflip? <laughs> yeah, no, ex- exactly. But Andrew Thomas just does his job, and he does it better than every other offensive line prospect in this draft class, and that's why he was drafted fourth. Um, and also, Bobby Skinner, you're not a dumb guy. That's also why uh, you chose him to be your top prospect. Yeah, I mean, you just you look at every 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 one of the other offensive linemen. He just was flat out better than them, which is awesome. Which I thought was a pretty good tackle class. I really liked Wills Beckton. Yeah. I liked Worf's not so much. He's a guard, um, but nonetheless, it was it was really impressive to watch him. I mean, I fell in love with him in the 2018 SEC championship game uh, against against Alabama, and I was like, this guy's the best player on the field. Okay, and that's that's pretty impressive. You know, it wasn't. That was before we played all of the 2019 season. I went and watched him, and I said, this guy is the best player on the field right now. Offense, defense, that includes guys like Xavier McKinney, a bunch, bunch of guys. I, you know, Alabama has guys. Georgia has guys on offense. So, Justin, he's starting at left tackle, which mm-hmm. or we're assuming he will be, should be. And even if Nate Solder opted in, he should have been starting at left tackle. Maybe he'll have struggles rookie year. Maybe. I, I don't think it... It'll be bad. There may, there'll be some times where there'll be some issues. But it can no, be nowhere near as bad as it was with Nate Solder in 2019, Justin. And you know what? A left tackle in the QB, there is chemistry there, okay? Like, there, there's chemistry involved in that. When it's like, oh, you can feel when the guy might be getting pressure and you know when to step up. You want to know where, when a guy, do, when he does recorrect, how is he going to push him back inside, stuff like that. So there is um, some type of chemistry there. There's no need to delay that with Jones and Andrew Thomas. Left tackle from day one. Yeah, uh, I I think it's the same argument with quarterback. I I think uh, myself and um, some other people, we were banging on the table for Jones to start day one last year is because you don't want to delay that process. Obviously, Eli Manning's presence is there. But analytically driven people that are arguing that left that Andrew Thomas should be starting at right tackle or should be starting uh, oh, oh, not at left tackle because you don't want to stunt the growth or you don't want him to struggle out of the gate. I don't understand that when 
left tackle, second most important position in the game of football. You want a guy to get out there and get his physical reps. You don't want them. You don't want to ease a guy in. You don't want those quote unquote get get your mental reps. Just get your feet wet. No, throw a guy out there. And also, Bobby, if it's so bad to the point where Andrew Thomas just can't recover then I don't want that kind of quality and character guy on my football team anyway. You look at Eric Flowers. Eric Flowers wasn't going to make it no matter. Him starting left tackle had nothing to do with his struggles as a player. I, re- I truly believe that. No, but even but even his rookie year, he was not like bad and terrible like he was in, in his years afterwards. And he was hurt his rookie year. But what really happened is that Eric Flowers wasn't a hard worker. He wasn't willing to put in the work to grow. And he wasn't and that good. And he just wasn't that good to begin with. But my point is, is that even though it wasn't that bad of a rookie year because of the certain character and the work ethic concerns that he had, that's why it didn't work. Whereas Andrew Thomas, we're hoping that this guy, you know, good quality guy, just, you know, we, we talked about at the start of the show how, you know, he was a leader. He was a leader on that Georgia team being picked to speak as a sophomore at a big campus event. So we're hoping that even if he does struggle his rookie year, that will not be a detriment to his entire football career. Yeah. The reason that rookies will play right tackle their first year is because there's a left tackle on the team that's better than them right away and the team's trying to win. Nate Solder, you can show me everything you want. There is no way you could tell me that Andrew Thomas will be uh, worse than what Nate Solder was in 2019. You could say maybe he's going to bounce back or stuff like that, but that's all speculative. There's no way Thomas could have been worse than what Solder was in left at, in 2019 because he was the worst in the NFL. Right. Let's talk about some of his weaknesses, though, because the guy's not perfect. Mark Colombo said they're working with hand placement, which is, def- is one of the two things. And I, th- I would say hand placement's the more important one. There's times where he kind of will clamp his hands outside instead of a punch and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So what happens like that is you could uh, you put your hands outside like that, and then a good defensive end will learn how to swat them that way, and they'll pull you know get you on a on a on a swim move or something like that. So that's it's much more it's much more efficient to punch rather than it's almost like think if you have like syllables in your hand and you're the high and you're you're in a high school band, much more efficient to just punch straight. Rather than bring syllables? the syllables together. Well, s- syllables. Like you're in a high school symbols. band. Symbols. Symbols. Whatever they're called. Syllables are like, how many syllables is there in the name Penic? Panic. There's two syllables. Oh. Well, boy, bad, bad for reading. a learned nerd there? like you, I have to teach you what words mean. You, that was a Rickyism right there. You just called symbols syllables. <laughs> That's a Rickyism right there. Boom. Um, the other thing, sometimes he crosses up his feet. Now, the thing is, is he stays. This is something that Nate Soldier struggled with. Offensive tackle struggle with is staying square even when you're going against a speed rusher. Because what happens is guys open their hips and they turn and it gives it a quicker path to the QB. Now you eventually want to turn your hips, but you want to do it with like five to seven yards of depth. If you're doing it at three yards, it's a struggle. Thomas, that's a feel thing. That's an instinct. That's an athleticism thing. Thomas does that perfectly. Perfectly. So I like that about him. Let's talk about the run game a little bit. He mauls. Like he he there's some tech there's probably some like technique stuff he could clean up, but he mauls guys. Like yeah. Wills was probably the like the most the technician in the run game, but Thomas is the one that just mauls dudes and pushes them back five yards. Yeah, according to Football Outsiders in 2019, the Giants ranked 
29th when they were running past the left tackle and 26th when they were running past the left end. I may have gotten those two numbers switched up, but you get the point. The Giants were bad and they were in the bottom quarter of the league when running the ball towards the left side. And then they were actually averaged when they ran to the ball to the right side. So hopefully Andrew Thomas is really going to help out with that. Uh, A lot of people said that his biggest strength was his run blocking compared to his pass blocking um, coming out of college. So good. Let's get that improved got good agility which means he can get to a linebacker he can even like get like there'll be times where he has a bad angle and he'll get to a linebacker or a db we're trying to get to the second level so man this guy's the future left tackle we got the left tackle for a qb it was 100 percent the correct pick and i got all the confidence in the world now we're facing some really good defenses so yeah i'm not i'm not expecting him to like be the best left tackle in the nfl from day one but i really think this guy's gonna have an all pro career justin Bobby, let me ask you a quick question before we go, because I know we're running a little bit long, but you mentioned how you wanted Jason Garrett to incorporate some Kyle Shanahan stuff um, into this Giants offense. Now, I don't know Kyle Shanahan's offense like the back like the back of my hand, but outside zone stuff, I can figure that that's what, that's what you may be wanting to integrate a little bit more into this Giants offense. Could we see some Andrew Thomas out in space going to take some dude's blocks off in 2020? Yes, but when I say Shanahan's office, the stuff I kind of like is we saw in that little clip the Giants put out. Hernandez, who is great at pulling. You got Hernandez pulling, and then you got Thomas blocking a backside linebacker or play side linebacker. Angles, and that's what Thomas is great at is getting to that second level. So where you have Thomas getting to the second level and Hernandez pulling on the outside, stuff like that. Or getting you know getting down on a on an inside. I got the defensive lineman that's lined up between the guard and center, being able to get down across that guy's face, stuff like that. That's what I think Thomas can do well. So, um, And that's what that 466 shuttle uh, translates to. All right, let's take a break and get to O'Shane the X-Man. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, Justin, next on the list we got O. Shane Zimenez, six foot four, two hundred fifty-two pounds, twenty-three years old, was drafted the ninety-fifth overall pick in the third round in two thousand nineteen, and he was the last pick in the part of the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. Justin, in his rookie season, on forty-five percent of the snaps, he had twenty-five tackles, four and a half sacks, which was second on the team, five tackles for a loss, and nine QB hits. What do you got on the cat? Yeah, fun little fact about O'Shane Ximenez. He is a first-generation American where his family's actually immigrated from Jamaica before he was born. So there you go. That's my little fun fact. Jamaica, bumbleclaw. Bumbleclaw has become a, a very prevalent word in America lately. I've never heard of it until right now. I went to high school with a lot of people from Jamaica and Bahamas, so... Yo, Rusty King Crab. Uh, just some he also has a nice sleeve. O'Shane also has an... I'm not usually a big fan of tattoos, but O'Shane does have a nice sleeve of tattoos on his... believe it, it's his left arm. He gave his dog, like, smart water, too. Mm. Oh. Way full with his money. <laughs> um, my center in, in high school was actually from Jamaica, so they actually look kind of similar now that I'm thinking about it. So, w- welcome, welcome to the team, O'Shane. Justin, let's talk about him. He was basically third in the rotation at outside linebacker last year behind Lorenzo Carter and Marcus Golden. Justin, I expect him to be second this year behind Marcus Golden. I do think they want to uh, give him the opportunity 
In fact, they tried early last year with uh, the Minnesota game. They gave him like 97% of the snaps. The next game against uh, New England, they gave him a good chunk. And then they brought him back down to like that 50% range. I want to see it come back up to that, you know, that 65 to 75% snap. Because Justin, he's he's a pure pass rusher. He kind of reminds yourself of Marcus Golden a little bit. Uh, he has pure pass rush moves where a guy like Lorenzo Carter doesn't really have that. Yeah, actually, Marcus Golden and Oshane Ximenez, they had very similar rookie years. Golden in 2015 had 27 tackles, 4 tackles for loss, 10 QB hits, 4 sacks, and he played 49% of the snaps. And then just kind of to repeat some of Oshane's stats from his from his rookie year, 25 tackles, 5 tackles for loss, 9 QB hits, 4.5 sacks, and 45% of the snaps. Now, <laughs> Bobby, this is where... I, you know, I think as Giants fans, we're a little frustrated right now, which with trying to predict the second year jumps of edge rushers and pass rushers because of our, our lack of our not good prediction of predicting it with Lorenzo Carter, but Golden saw an awesome year two jump with 12 and a half sacks, 16 tackles for loss and 22 QB hits. So we honestly have to see what O'Shane can do, but Bobby, he, here's where I am. Here's why I am with, with trying to, you know, this is player profile and projections. Here's where I am with trying to project O'Shane and, and projecting these young edge rushers and pass rushers. Um, I'm done trying to project. <laughs> At this point, I'm just, I'm a fan. I am like rooting for O'Shane Exhibit as there are a few guys on this football team Andrew Thomas is one of them at left tackle. Obviously, Daniel Jones, you know, they're, they're playing very important positions. O'Shane Ximenez, because he's on his rookie contract and because he has this promise, one of the few guys that I'm just genuinely rooting for as a fan that this guy needs to be good. And I'm kind of over projecting like, oh, O'Shane's going to be a 12 sack guy or he's going to be a six sack guy or he's going to get 20 QB hits. He's going to get I'm, I'm done doing it because I honestly think and I'm going to kind of take your point on this. I honestly think like a lot of these guys have promise. Carter has promise. I'm not saying that he doesn't work hard off the field, but O'Shane has promise. I what I really think it comes down to is how are you going to take this talent and how are you going to work off the field at perfecting your craft and really, really, you know, separating yourself from being good to average or possibly, you know, a great player or a great edge rusher. That's where that's where I am right now with some of these guys. Yeah, I agree. But we do have to project a little bit. I'm not saying necessarily this year, <laughs> but do you think O'Shane Ximenez, and there has been some OC comparisons, and they supposedly they've talked with each other. Do you think O'Shane can get to a part of his career, like I said, maybe not this year, where he's a 10-sack-a-year type of guy? Like he's going to get between 10 and 14 sacks per year. Because I think he has that pure pass rush ability, where like with Lorenzo Carter, he had the good rookie year and his sack numbers, and they're like, oh, wow. But you go look at college, he wasn't really a sack getter. He was a do-it-all type guy, which is what I think Lorenzo Carter is in the NFL. I I mean, he got sacks at Old Dominion. Uh, you know, it got better as it went, but like, you know, he went up against Virginia Tech, which, and like some D1 schools and got sacks. He was a sack getter, 11 and a half sacks in his last year at ODU. I, I think he can get to a point in his career where he's a 10 sack guy. Like you said, work ethic is really the most important thing when it comes to these young guys. Um, you know, we, we're not going to guess off of Instagram stories or whatever. <laughs> so I hope he does have it. But I think O'Shane Ximenez has the pure pass rush ability. Um, and in today's NFL where QBs are want to get up quicker and, and uh, move up in the pocket, he has great redirect ability. I think that's the thing that's most impressive is when he'll get up field and then he'll redirect, come down the line of scrimmage or get inside an offensive tackle, uh, those were the times where I was the most impressed with O'Shane. I think he has the ability on a team with these defensive tackles to 
be a 10 sack a year guy. Yeah, I think him and Golden shared that good trait of redirectability where you know, wh- where I want to see O'Shane actually grow, where I want to see all these edge rushers grow is just your ability to just beat a guy off the edge. Just beat a guy. You know, uh, I understand beat good on off. the beat, – Beat that guy off, Bobby. Um, I understand, you know, good secondary play. That's what we need right now. Um, you know, where a quarterback's holding the ball for maybe three seconds or longer and then a guy comes in and gets the sack and that's a little bit better on the secondary than it is actually on an edge rusher itself. But – Let's just see it. Just go out. We need we need a stud. We need a stud on this football team, Bobby. We need a stud at edge rusher. We need some studs in the secondary. And I, I'm speaking from a fan. This is the most fan you're probably ever going to hear me right now. We're just, oh, that's my analysis. We need a stud. We need good players. But that's what we've been lacking, Bobby. We've been, we have a lot of good players. We have a lot of good edge rushers to average players. We need somebody to take that step up. And because of O'Shane's actually, his actual background at college at Old Dominion, where you drafted him for the purpose of him being a pass rusher and a guy that gets to the quarterback, unlike Lorenzo Carter, where I feel like we had to really form him to that role we had to, had to shape him to that role his rookie year and then he kind of did some other things in 2019 um let's just see it I, i'm bad i'm sorry for this bad analysis but i'm just ready to see something tangible do you have him second in the rotation at the outside linebacker spot yes with the hopefully the potential that he's the first by the end of the season yeah that's that where would, you want that would be nice to see it'd be awesome to see this guy make that jump and I think people were a little quick with Lorenzo Carter. I think Zimenez is capable of it. I'm not predicting it, but I think he is capable of making that really nice jump depending on what kind of work he's put in during the offseason. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see for the X-Man number 53, O'Shane Zimenez. That's an episode. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Should have an interview. Reporters are at camp for the first day. So we're hoping that we have an interview. Should have one. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.